Welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I'm Petter and this is James. Hello! And today we're talking about the first volume of Oshi no Ko. The story of this manga is by Aka Akasaka and the art is by Mengo Yokoyari. We are of course familiar with Aka Akasaka seeing as we covered Kaguya-sama Love is War here on this podcast as well. Additionally, I've also read his previous work called Instant Bullet, which is also pretty good. But anyway, since I was a big fan of Akasaka, especially through the Kaguya-sama manga, I started reading the Oshinoko chapters online right when it started publishing in April of 2020. At that time, the physical releases of Kaguya-sama that I were reading were right in the middle of the Culture Festival arc, so it was a very exciting time to be an Akasaka fan. <laughs> and um, when I started reading Oshinoko, I, I really recognized the illustration style, and I, I wondered why. And then I looked up and I found out that I had actually read another manga illustrated by Menko Yokoyari before that, uh, one called Kimi wa Midara na Boku no Jo, uh, which is an ecchi manga that she drew. Uh, <laughs> somebody else wrote the story for it. So I thought that was kind of fun how I had un- unintentionally read something by her before Oshinoko came out. And uh, it's also pretty funny that Mengo Yokoyari is actually mentioned in volume 18 of Kaguya-sama Love is War by one of the characters. Since at that time, Mengo Yokoyari and Aka Akasaka had started working on Oshinoko together, I believe. Mm. Um, and, and she's mentioned as a mangaka in the Kaguya-sama world, kind of, which is <laughs> pretty funny as well. And uh, after I started reading uh, Oshinoko, I-, I wanted to check out some other stuff by Mengo Yokoyari. So I read a work by her called uh, Scum's Wish, which is a relationship drama. Oh, that was hers. Uh, Did that she her. write it too? Uh, she both wrote and illustrated it. So that, that one is entirely by her. So oh, wow. uh, I wanted to see something that was both written and illustrated by her. And that seemed to be the most uh, well-received and uh, well-known one. I mean, even I've heard of it. Okay, you've heard. Have you? Do you have you seen the anime or read it or no. anything? But you've you've heard of it. No. Mm. Yeah. I, I think it's very good, uh, actually. So. Um, oh really? I, I do. Oh. I I recommend it. It's a bit racy. <laughs> gotcha. Anyway, I I followed along with the Oshinoko chapters, the new ones as they were coming out, until a couple months after we started the Umami Manga podcast. I thought it would make for good volume discussions eventually, so I stopped reading after I'd read chapter forty in order to be as unspoiled as possible for whenever the English physical volumes would come around. And now it's been nearly two years since then, but it has been worth the wait. I am so excited to, to dig into this manga today. Now, I just need to say that even though I've read the first 40 chapters, which equates to the first four volumes, I will not spoil anything beyond the volume that we're discussing in any of the given episodes. So today, I'm not going to talk about anything beyond volume one. You have my word. So, with all of that out of the way, James, you are going completely blind into this. What were your expectations of this manga before before you went into it, and how is it living up to those expectations so far? You know, I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, definitely some comedy, um, but I did not expect there to be, I guess, a murder mystery in our, on our hands. Mm. Uh, to me, I, I felt like it would be more of a comedic but also somewhat dramatic or or tragic look into the life of an idol Mm. and almost kind of pick apart that industry those are some of my expectations knowing akasaka and kind of his view on life at times but i did not expect it well i don't think i really expected or understood that it was a reincarnation (laughs) story (laughs) either uh a isekai like <laughs> they're not in a different world but they get reincarnated into one mm-hmm. into the same one um but I, I, the biggest thing that surprised me was the murder mystery aspect of it right uh, mm. so i i'm very interested to see where the series goes from here because the most impactful part of the story is technically gone now um and now it becomes revenge we are supposedly still staying in the inter- entertainment industry, though. Um, oh, yeah, so you're I right. imagine there's you're still right. going to be a lot of kind of critique against that in, in other ways. Right. No, and, and not saying that that would go away. I'm just saying that the most, the most interesting being I, like that character, mm-hmm. she's, she's gone. She was basically the hook. Absolutely. Mm. The story I felt, and, and now she's gone. So it's like, I, I don't doubt that the, the, they'll 
still be able to captivate me but it is interesting to see where they will go from here definitely yeah and yeah this first volume is basically the prologue of the story so yeah yeah it can go in a lot of different directions from here yeah and about the title of this manga for the longest time i was never quite sure of what it meant exactly uh i saw a bunch of different or yeah I, I was seeing a bunch of different kind of fan translations online and and stuff and the manga itself never ended up getting an official English translation, well, uh, the title of it. Luckily for me, the translation notes at the end of the volume gave me a good explanation to this, finally. But, James, since you actually know Japanese, would you like to talk a little bit about that uh, <laughs> for the listeners? <laughs> well, Oshi is not really a typical word. It's a nerdy word. Mm -hmm. It's very much in the otaku vernacular. For example, if you have a favorite video game character, that's your Oshi. Ah. And actually, you'll see online, they'll use the kanji for this. And for a while, I had no idea what it was. Like, what, what are these people talking about? Because <laughs> when I was living in Japan, I didn't really talk to many, too many otaku, and they definitely weren't talking about their Oshi. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so, that's, so basically, Oshi is the, is the character you stand for, uh, whether it be an idol or a video game character, a pop artist, voice actress, actor, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. And in this case, Oshi is is I Hoshino, like that is the I think the the twins Oshi. Yeah, for sure. Now, Oshino Ko is is interesting because it can be translated into several ways, you know, being like the girl that I Oshi, the, the girl that I stan or the kids of the girl I stan. Mm, yeah. uh, or I am the kid of the girl I stand. It's it could be taken various ways. One of the way that I took it that the book doesn't mention, um, and it this is a a James interpretation. So take it however <laughs> you how you will. Hmm. Hoshino is I's last name, and oh. Oshi Oshinoko is in there. Now Ho and O are, are different characters entirely, but. Mm. Mm. Oshino, you know, that, that sounds similar <laughs> to Hoshino. Like, you yeah, know? dude, that's really funny. I never thought about that. <laughs> so it could be Hoshino Ko. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of pun in there. For sure. Some, and that's why they chose Hoshino. Besides it being star, if, if, if the correct kanji should be like star field or something like that, that should be your last name. Anyway, mm. besides the point. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, that's it on Ho Oshi. And I don't blame them for not wanting to translate it because. To be fair, I think the children of of the woman I stand, or you know, my stand's kid, like I I don't know, doesn't yeah. quite hit right. Yeah, and it, it is fun how like they kind of respected the the wordplay by just leaving it as it is, but adding adding this explanation in the translation notes at the end of the volume. I I, I kind of respect that. Um, one translation I've seen which seems to be rather popular online is my star which i guess works but it's not at all as as witty i guess as the original yeah title. Not, yeah not really as witty you're right but i mean she does have hoshi is is star so i guess like that being part of her last name i guess i right. guess maybe but yeah with the star eyes yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah, yeah very well so next up, let me read you the first panel of the manga. Have you ever thought, what if I were a celebrity's kid? Have you ever thought that? I don't think I have. I don't think I have either, but it, it, it made me think, well, it didn't actually make me think about it myself, but it made me think, how common is that really for people to think? Um, at least this volume seemed to imply that several people had been having those types of thoughts i don't know if it's more common in japan to have those thoughts or if it's not really co especially common anywhere but akasaki just wanted to make that kind of into a point in the story but yeah i, I thought it was an interesting thing to ponder mm. yeah it's definitely a, a kind of thought-provoking and well really just the theme of the first volume really like what if i was the if I was bored to someone, uh, to a celebrity, you know. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> but yes, I believe next we will go through each of the characters one by one. Starting with Ai Hoshino. She grew up um, with a single parent who apparently abused her 
physically, but she was pretty quickly abandoned by that one parent and uh, grew up at a children's home mm. after that. And uh, she never really had love in her life, and but she was desperate. She was desperate to to have love in her life, and something I thought was kind of jarring. Well, obviously, that the whole thing I just mentioned is is all very tragic uh, of a backstory, but the fact that she was scouted to become this center of of the idol group Bikomachi when she was only twelve years old. That's just kind. That's of, insane to that, me. That is, I, yeah, that is insane, right? Or like. I, does that is that actually a common occurrence IRL? I, I, I don't know. I don't like, know. I don't. I'm not very invested in this uh, kind of thing. But true. Twelve. That that's yeah. That seems it crazy. That's, especially for her. I don't know for the way she looks. Like I mean, manga is manga. So like they'll, <laughs> they'll make sixteen year olds look like they're twenty five year olds. But yeah. Regardless, I I thought she looked so much older that the age 16 thing must have been a lie is what I was what I thought oh. considering this character was all about lies I thought oh yeah that <laughs> that must be true but <laughs> ah. no like she was scouted at 12 and four years later that's what I, mm-hmm. I don't know like it just it, it it's almost sad in a way I mean I, I'm yeah. glad that she was able to find something that she could you know put her heart to and eventually find love through but i don't know it, it like taking away someone's childhood like that but then again she wasn't in a great position to begin with so precisely but yeah as you i guess we're kind of alluding to yeah she she was able to find kind of a good well a, a lifestyle that she at least seemed to well it seemed to work for her at least and especially once she had the twins that was something that obviously she had never had before she'd never had a family before so having twins, it's not just a kid. Two, she had two kids. Uh, she finally had a family, which I, I think was absolutely lo- lovely for her, especially since she was actually able to do, well, to keep doing her idol work while having the kids in secret. Mm-hmm. But she did get in touch with her ex, which... Never do. Uh, yeah, yeah that, 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 that's true. <laughs> Never do. <laughs> that's usually a Don't mistake. Don't do that. Pretty much always a mistake. <laughs> But yeah, he seems to. Well, yeah, it's it's heavily implied that he's the father uh, of the, of the twins, and a bastard. Uh, whoever he is, he's not a good guy. It seems like. I mean, sure, I'll yeah. I'll I'll uh, stay positive to, or I wouldn't say no to a plot twist, I guess. But it it really seems like <laughs> he is actually the the villain here. Right. Yeah. I mean, the true mystery is who is the father. Mm. And I think up to this point there's really no real candidate as to who that could be going into the next volumes. We're just kind of, we'll be in the dark really. Like yeah. who, it could, who could it be like there there's, there's nobody. I'm like, aha, you're a suspect number one at this point. So for sure. Ice way of, uh, looking at love, I think was, uh, tragic, but also, also somewhat beautiful in its own way. Kind of, she even said she she wanted to, to love that guy who stabbed her. She she couldn't. I mean, she didn't love him. But but the the way she kind of said that she wanted to love even him, I think just kind of spoke to just how desperately she just wanted to love people, even though she couldn't. Although I mean, well, it was obviously revealed at the very end there in her dying moment that she she did love her her kids. She was able to say I love you to them while truly meaning it which right was also just awfully bittersweet incredibly sad yeah. like i was crying my eyes out during that scene um but it yeah it's su- such good writing and and yeah a, a tragic but um uh, but yeah just very well written end for this character here for sure i i just want to also touch on her i guess thoughts on love mm-hmm. lies are an outstanding kind of love yeah that's an interesting way of thinking about it i don't think that fits for every situation for example she 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 says to me lies are love but if someone is deceiving you you know like cheating on you and lying (laughs) lying on that like that's (laughs) not that's not love right so obviously it depends on the situation but i think there's some truth in that 
where you know parents would tell a little white lie or maybe that they, they hide the truth so they don't hurt the person mm-hmm. um i think yeah i think there's some truth to be gleaned from there definitely and especially from kind of how we see i use it and kind of her whole thought process around it it yeah. absolutely makes sense i think i agree I also respect her wanting happiness as a mother and an idol. Definitely. I I respect people who want to have that parent side of things, but also have a career. Like I, I really respect that, especially a tough career, like, like being an idol like that. That's gotta be rough. Mm, definitely for sure. And it was very rough for her. And it was kind of sad to see how it affected her, how she put up this front not only on stage, but really off stage too, a lot of the time. I think the only time when she was truly herself or like when she could truly relax was, was when she was with her kids. Mm, that's, a, that's a fair point. Yeah, but that final love you while sad was also kind of uh, satisfying. You know, It was, yeah. Mm. It was nice to her to be able to finally say that and mean it. You know, She finally understood what love was. Yeah. Was that all on? Ai Hoshino. Yeah. All right, then let's move on next to Aquamarine Hoshino. And, well, we're probably going to call him Aqua. <laughs> it seems like that <laughs> becomes his, well, the name that he's called most of the time. And, yeah, Aquamarine is just way too long anyway. <laughs> right. It really is. Uh, I felt sorry for him to get that name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, he is a super fan of Aihoshino and also her son. And in his previous life, he was a doctor called Goro. So about his character, I think he is a pretty emotional guy. But he does usually a pretty good job at hiding his emotions from other people. Um, is something that I got from this volume at least. Like, for example, early on when he first met Ai, he was freaking out like inside. And he, he had to go to a different room to kind of freak out by himself. But in front of I and, and, and the manager or the president, he, um, he was acting completely cool. And I don't think I suspected that he knew her at all until obviously later when they, yeah, when it was revealed to her that, that he knew her. So like, I, I think in, in, in that sense, he, he's good at covering up his emotions. I guess the, the one time or the one exception, at least in this book, when he, did <laughs> it didn't was when he and ruby did the coordinated glow stick dance at the <laughs> uh, concert uh, i guess they they just couldn't help themselves it was it was both of their first time seeing i perform live so <laughs> I, I guess i can understand that but i think besides that situation i think he did a pretty good job at like yeah just hiding his emotions even though i believe he is emotional he just yeah he knows usually how to hide them pretty well yeah, unlike his twin sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think it's an interesting approach to reincarnation. You know, you have a moment where he actually meets the person he's going to be born to. Mm-hmm. And, and then be, yeah, and then dies. So it, I don't really re- recall m- many stories like that. It may, maybe that, maybe they are out there, but it's not one I'm familiar with. So that, I think it's, Fairly unique in that sense. One thing about his former body is that during the book, it says that they still didn't find it. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if that's going to be a plot point in the future at all. Yeah, I uh, hope so. I don't so. know why, but it just seemed kind of another mysterious thing to not even touch on. Or, or, or to touch on and then just not really go back to it mm-hmm. I, I guess you could argue that the crazy fan buried his body somewhere or hid it um mm-hmm. and that's that but i don't know there could also be other reasons maybe uh, absolutely um yeah maybe the father has something to do with it i mean he has something to do with this or at least he supposedly gave the the guy who killed him the information about being there, about going there, because I was giving birth there. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he has something to do with the location of, of the body, I guess we don't know for sure, but maybe. It would be nuts if 
like the doctor goro didn't actually die oh you know? <laughs> that would be wouldn't nuts that, wouldn't that be crazy <laughs> that so would... like his consciousness splits somehow like i mean he, he's still the same person but he also reincarnates as as her child <laughs> i don't know why or how that would work but huh. that that would explain why the body they haven't found the body is because he's not dead although i don't did it say that the goto was missing at all i don't recall if that article or if any if he had found an article like that yeah i can't recall exactly how it was worded either anyway that's just random speculation well uh, well uh, on on about about the thing that it's it, it's an interesting type of reincarnation as you mentioned how he met he met uh-huh. the well he met his mother before he before she became his mother um he also met his twin sister before she oh good point became his twin sister so i feel like goro is kind of the the common factor kind of between like looking at these three he was the one to actually meet both of the other family members in his previous life and i wonder is 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 there significance to that or is there significance to the fact that both goro and sarina were super fans of of i <laughs> hoshino i i don't know it's it's a big big mystery yeah I, honestly i'm so used to reincarnation stories never really explaining why <laughs> they reincarnate yeah and if they do it's just like some god is like i just did it for the lulz <laughs> you know it's never it's never really anything deep uh so i i I almost feel like that that won't be the or that will be the case here as well. Not not a goddess, but just it happened. Don't think about it. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I I feel like that may be the case, but who who knows? Maybe maybe there'll be more. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, there may there may not be any significance or explanation required. Like maybe because I kind of feel like maybe it's not the point of the story to explain right how the reincarnation functions. <laughs> I I feel the same way. There there are shows that. Well, there's some sort of weird shenanigans going on that doesn't need to be explained. It, that's not the point yeah. of the story. Some people mm. like, can't get over that, but I think <laughs> at times it, it's just it's not important to worry over it. For sure. But yes, Aqua is brought into the acting industry only because he, he speaks like an adult. <laughs> uh, or at least that, that's how it starts. It, seems that it, it appears that he has some other... Uh, good traits like people skills mm. that the, the the director appreciated about about him for example mm-hmm. but he ends up using this acting career as a means for revenge in order to mm. find and kill his father dun, dun, dun. so yeah so it's a pretty pretty high stakes right now kind of it seems like and how that that kind of seemed to well that that is really his main driving force right now because before he got that goal he kind of didn't care whether he lived or died or anything but now but 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 then he 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 came to the conclusion that yeah his father is most likely responsible for both my previous life's death as well as i's death so if i can't find him before well if i can't find him in this life it will be a lot harder because obviously with this life he has dna that can that can connect him with his father plus the whole entertainment industry clue, I think, was also uh, useful there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he seems to have gone quite cold, at least in that interview that we saw with him. Right. Like that one-page interview. He was claiming that he won't love anyone. Uh, and, and just in general, his demeanor seemed very cold and distant, kind of. To be fair, that was something he said in an interview, so maybe he wasn't totally truthful mm-hmm. uh, entirely in, in it. So I guess it should be taken with a grain of salt. But I do still think that there is some genuine darkness within him. Yeah. That said, I don't think that's entirely... Like, I think... I, th- I don't know. I don't think he's entirely gone, you know, cold or dark. He, he, there is some thing... Like, there, there are some other things in there as well that are good, but... But there, yeah, there's a lot of that bad stuff. Yeah. I think anytime you make your goal in life revenge and murder at that, mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to have a bit of darkness in you and have a cold outlook on the world. 
and I, I really do think how fans treated Ai's death and, well, the, the cause of her death ha- has soured his outlook on the world in a lot of ways. Yeah. I'm interested to see where his character goes from here as well. Uh, obviously, he is, is now kind of the focal point of the story. Uh, I, I'm sure Ruby will be a, a, an important aspect as well, but it's really his revenge story. So I, I'm curious, you know, how, how far will he fall in order to get that revenge? Or will there be mm-hmm. any sort of fallout? Uh, I'm not sure, but that's kind of the, the feeling I get. I'm sure he'll have he'll be successful. Don't get me wrong, but you think he will succeed in killing his father? Uh, that I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he may have a a redemption moment type of situation, but I mean, like successful in acting and being popular. I mean, he's ah. getting interviewed for Pete's sake, right? Uh, right. <laughs> that that actually leads to what I was going to say is that the next book see, sees them starting, I assume, high school, right? Uh, yeah, it seems that way. So we're not in the present day yet. Is that correct to assume? Because these interviews mm-hmm. are further into the future, right? Or am I wrong? I I also think so. Although I guess I guess it's possible also that the interviews are in at slightly different times, mm-hmm. uh, like in relation to each other, potentially. Oh, okay. Though I I mean I I don't know for sure. Um. That said, though, yeah, I don't think the story is quite up to either of the times when the either of the interviews um, take place. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't think. Okay. We're probably getting there, though, because at least if you look at, for example, Kana, in her interview, she looks about the same as she does on the final page. She looks to be at the same age-ish. True. There, But, but yeah, I, I don't think we're quite up to the when the interviews take place yet. I mean, you know, they're interviewing them and they're, they're calling her a genius. And, you know, obviously uh, Aqua has made a name for himself. Um, I don't know so much about Ruby. I mean, she seems to be an idol, but like how how much does that differ from her high school life or not? Like, I, I don't know. But anyway, I, I like this format of having these interviews at the beginning of the chapter. Uh, yeah. From the present day. And then we're, then we're kind of getting the story told to us from that point of view so yeah i I like that i i kind of hope it keeps up even after i's death but it it may not it it would be kind of hard to have a new interview every chapter (laughs) that's true (laughs) yeah and honestly i i can't remember uh, right now if it does keep up or not so that's also something i'm looking forward to see in the next volume Hmm. but is that all on aquamarine (laughs) yes all right, then let us move on to his sister, Ruby Hoshino, another super fan of Ai Hoshino and, well, yeah, her, her, uh, her daughter. And in her previous life, she was Sarina, a girl who tragically died young due to a brain tumor. She was the one who made Goro into a fan of, of Ai. How dare she? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you poisoned him. No, I'm not. I'm joking. <laughs> Oh, she's so such 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 a sweet girl. Yeah. But uh, we we learn from the interview with Ruby that that she has been doing idol jobs and that she will even get an acting job uh, to some extent. It seems like. So she, yeah, she seems to be very much in the entertainment industry. Uh, I guess we don't know the extent exactly, but but she at least at least she seems to be in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we also learned that she has a natural talent for acting. And Aqua also made a remark saying that uh, she had very good instincts for dancing as well. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of potential in her. Speaking of that dancing, I, I really liked <sighs> that chapter mm-hmm. of her discovering that she can dance and learning how to dance. Yeah. I mean, it, it was so sad to see her as Sarina just wanting to do a little dance you know wanting to be like i but physically unable to it's just heartbreaking and then to have that i guess emotional realization that she can dance is 
it's magical. I really liked it. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly, I, I, I got to say that chapter seven, which was that chapter, I, I got to say it was is my, my favorite chapter of this book. Mm. It is very good. And and I agree completely with everything you said there. It's just beautiful, beautiful moments. I mean, sad looking back at what was, but just incredible and amazing when you look at what's happening now. Mm-hmm. Very touching. Out of all the people to reincarnate, uh, she she really deserved a second chance. Oh, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of kids who have medical issues deserve a, a second chance at life. Definitely. But yeah, it's, I'm glad that she's able to get that. For sure. And yeah, excited to see the next big idol. Um, it'll be interesting to see <laughs> what she takes from her mom's career. And I guess this is something a little bit on Aqua as well. I, I wonder if he's going to, if it ever like happens, if he's going to struggle with opening up to people or especially like a, a, a girlfriend or something like that because he understands that fans are, can be crazy. Mm. But then I think with Ruby's case, she might actually fall in love because I, she's so much like her mother in that aspect. Now, I don't know. I could see them kind of taking different approaches to that. Absolutely. Yeah, they are. I believe they are very different people in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, it is really, I think it's especially beautiful to see, well, yeah, for, for Sari not to be reborn this way because kind of along the lines that you were saying before, when she was still Sarina, well, she, she knew, she basically knew that she didn't have a future. She had kind of given up on everything like that because not only could she not do the things that she wanted to, like physically, but I believe she had also kind of understood that, yeah, I'm not going to live very long because of my illness. So she never even thought about her future. But now she can, and it's just the most heartwarming thing, kind of. Mm -hmm. I love it. I agree. Hmm. Anyway, next up, let's talk about Kana Arima. She used to be considered a genius child actor uh, because she could cry in 10 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) But, (laughs) But in that interview that we got when she was older, she denies that she is a genius actress. and. um. I think stuff like that is probably kind of common among child actors, like when if they are really big at a young age, and then I think a lot of the time kind of turn out to be kind of average when they grow older. Now I'm not, I'm not saying that this is necessarily the case with Kana, but I think that well her her situation kind of reminded me of that, uh, well yeah of that phenomenon I guess you could say. I think what it re- would remind me of is just well really just someone who's looks back at their younger self and cringes. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, no, please. Oh, <laughs> okay, interesting. That's not the case. <laughs> and someone who has humbled herself, you know, in a way, mm. uh, and maybe that is because, or I, I'm pretty certain it is because of Aqua, and it seems like they, they'll run into each other fairly often. Precisely. At least, at least I think that's what the, the last page indicates. Uh, definitely, uh, yeah. It seems like she's... Well, yeah, exactly. It seems like it's indicating that she's starting the same school as them, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as uh, in her interview, she she mentioned, like, Akun, which I believe is Aqua-kun, just kind of under her breath. So I, it, it seems like they are in touch, mm-hmm. um, even now when they're teenagers. Yeah, I, I wonder what their relationship is at that point. I why why would she be worried about him being mad why indeed i'm not sure really where her perfectionist side comes from at least the one that we definitely see from her as uh, when she's a kid and we uh, to be fair we don't see much of her as an adult either but uh, as a kid at the very least she definitely seems to be very much of a perfectionist and it seems like it's a lot of pressure that she's really putting onto herself but yeah i i i guess i'm just interested in seeing to what extent that's still there. Obviously, the interview, as, as you were speculating, it seems like she may have been kind of humbled. Maybe maybe that humbling of herself has taken away some of that pressure and uh, that perfectionist side to some extent, potentially. Um, but yeah, it really remains to be seen. 
uh, I'm very excited to see more of her. Yes, I, I agree. Like she, I mean, I, I don't really care for spoiled brats, but the fact that we got <laughs> a, a look into her life as more of a, a humble person makes me excited to see what's going on from there. Yes, yes. Um, by the way, I, I, I had this thought, but I forgot to, to write it down. Um, why she says Akun's gonna be mad, uh, and you can confirm yes or no any either way. But at least in this instance, she's upset because she, the, she says even geniuses could go down if they get shanked. Uh, that's literally what happened to I, his mother. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I can see her being like, yeah, take that off. That was poor taste. Right. Uh, especially in, in an interview that seems to be centered on I. Yeah, exactly. That that's got to be why she's kind of backing down from that statement. <laughs> right now, why she calls him Akun is a whole other debate that we can have. But oh, that's besides the point. I I didn't even know there was a debate to be had there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you, you're not gonna call someone Akun unless you're close to them. Oh, you I mean, mean that not, way? Gotcha, necessi- gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Not necessarily like lovers, but mm. um. You know, you're gonna be at least close friends Mm-mm. if you're saying if you're saying that. I think that's fair. Yeah, and I mean they. I mean, sure, we don't know how much they've kept in kept in touch, kind of since they recorded that film together. Uh huh. But at the very least, they've known each other since they were like two or three years old. Right. Mm, but I, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that they really haven't talked to each other much since then well since that point and up until high school and then they'll have a reunion there mm. maybe maybe but i don't know i i haven't read the, the next volume so. <laughs> <laughs> um last thing on kana that i'll say or i'll ask you rather <laughs> uh, are we are we talking longer about kana than any other character is uh, that well, on Ruby, at least, uh, m- m- more than Ruby, at least, I believe. More than Ruby, you're but right. <laughs> either way, last thing I'll say or ask, does it surprise you that Kana Arima is my favorite character in this story? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not going to say surprise, but I, I didn't automatically think, oh, she would be your favorite. So, mm. yeah, I, I, guess, I, guess, I guess there is a bit of surprise because um, we, we don't have much to go off of. Uh, it's true. It's true. Um, I, I will say though that, or at least I'm trying to be unbiased here. Uh, I, I I really think that even with only this first volume, that she is my favorite, um, just because I really enjoyed her her character here. Mm-hmm. But also, brief spoiler, I suppose, up to as far as I did read, um, she does remain my my favorite character in this uh, manga. I I mean, I'll admit, I I was really intrigued with her and. Excited to see what they would do with their character, especially when the ending of her chapter is like, they will meet again, or whatever whatever they say. Many years later, this encounter would turn out to be an important one, you know? Oh, yeah, that's right. Obviously, that's, right. that's going to get you going, ooh, okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, very excited for Volume 2. Cool. Very well. Then, next up, let's talk about Ichigo Saito. The president of Ai's idol agency, Ichigo Production. Which, at least, Aqua also signs up with as a kid. It is interesting to see that in an interview, it mm. Ichigo seems like he's not doing it anymore. I don't know. He seems kind of lost. Yeah. Or, you know, like a deadbeat. So it says he's an ex-manager as well. So I, I don't know. Like, is he doing that stuff anymore? That's a good question. Yeah. I, it's a little bit unclear whether Ichigo production was shut down completely or if someone else took over as the president. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's got to be one of those things. Uh, either way, he, he definitely seems to be very affected by Ai's death. For sure. I mean, he was kind of a fa- father figure to her when she had none in her life. Granted, I, I don't recommend having your boss as a father figure. 
that's yeah <laughs> maybe not always a healthy relationship but you know i i guess he was there for her when she had nowhere to go when she got a uh, big belly uh, right you know? that, that that's true although he was also kind of protecting his uh investment of course <laughs> <and> stuff <laughs> like that he had no choice <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know i'm a little bit torn on this guy i don't want to call him a bad person exactly but no but like he 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 does care very much about the money that he he makes through his work and yeah he i i did think he was kind of manipulative when he scouted i for his agency yeah as well so i don't know mm-hmm. uh again though i, I don't want to say he's a bad guy but it's a scummy job that, that, that's that's true i guess the profession itself just kind of calls for that <laughs> at least the way it's portrayed yeah mm-hmm. um and i guess the other the other thing is that his wife you know forcing her to babysit ice kids I, yeah I mean, we'll talk about her in a sec but that's mm-hmm. not a that's not a cool thing to do you know <laughs> no <laughs> no but i really don't have a whole lot on him other than i'm just no. curious to see what happens to him after the, after all this goes down? I don't know. Maybe he's out of the story. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, then let's talk about his wife next, Miyako Saito. Although I don't know if there's much love between the two. Yeah, yeah. It seems like she was in it so that she could divorce him and find someone else (laughs) (laughs) yes definitely seemed that way (laughs) uh yeah but uh she grew on me for sure yeah i I think she's definitely the most loyal person that the twins have at this point Mm. and basically offers to be their their new mother precisely um yeah i mean that i think that was a, a touching moment um after i's funeral i absolutely agree yeah and like she and she understood that even though she thinks of them as her, as her own children she also understands that they may not think of her as their mom and and that's fine and she respects that mm-hmm. she understands that uh i think that's a very good very good thing and really she had been becoming a mother figure of sorts even before that in a way yeah um really so it 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 was only fitting it's a complete turnaround from what the relationship used to be. I mean, she almost <laughs> tried to basically ruin their lives yeah. by sell- selling them out to a pop magazine or whatever. Yeah. So, but after some divine intervention, she ended up changing her ways and working with them, which I don't know. I don't know how I feel about these babies talking uh, <laughs> in complete sentences like that. But, uh, you know, it, whatever it, it's not it doesn't happen for very long I, I you know this is just the prologue so I'll exactly let it, i'll let it slide <laughs> yeah i i remember feeling very similarly when i read this the first time and i remember being very happy when the story reached well basically yeah where where the the end of the of this volume mm-hmm. is where from that point on you know we're kind of done with them being babies and that's kind of a relief in a way <laughs> yeah 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 i <laughs> feel that exactly um yeah 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 but Miyako is uh really the only person besides the twins who knows that there's something supernatural going on with them um Mm. obviously she doesn't know exactly what's going on in fact she thinks it's something other than what it actually is but still she knows (laughs) that there's something odd happening there Um, yeah so that's that's kind of or yeah that that definitely puts her in a in a unique situation But uh, I guess in the present day, she's their manager currently. Uh, Is that right? right? It seemed that way, yeah. So basically took over for for her, I'm guessing, former husband. I don't know if they're still together or not. Uh, yeah, right. I have no clue. Maybe she did find that handsome actor to marry. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Next up, let's talk about Taishi Gotanda the film director who is very impressed with Aqua. Based on the interview that we see with him, he seems to be working on uh, a movie that's like supposedly 15 years after Ai's death, a film dedicated to her called The 15-Year Lie. Mm. And uh, it sounds like both Aqua and Ruby are starring in the 
film. At least, yeah, that, that, that's what I picked up from from the interview. And I, I, I don't know, with that in mind, the thought occurred to me that what if Ruby, assuming it's like a biopic or something, what if Ruby plays her mother in the movie or something like that? Yeah, that'd be um, awesome. That would be pretty interesting. Mm. I think what's so interesting about that, that interview to me is that it was based on a script that fell through 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he brought it back himself. So it, it, how much time has passed? Like, to, wh- when was the script written? Because to me, that implies that 15 years ago, the script was finalized. Like it had been written, but the events had already happened. You know what I mean? Uh, true, true. And then they tried to do it, but got backlash and couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then so they had to, so they waited 15. 15 years I, I uh, right i guess it's a a- bit am vague. i interpreting um, this right i i mean i couldn't really say exactly maybe you are right regardless yeah it, it's something like that i i believe uh anyway um the script was probably written shortly after ice death at some point maybe within the first year of her death or something mm. so maybe this is 16 years after her death i don't know mm. Regardless, it's some somewhere around there, I believe. Gotcha. I could be wrong though. I wonder because you said it's a brilliant scriptwriter. Uh, obviously, you could you could take a guess and say, oh, maybe it's Aqua, would it? But mm-hmm. it, he's never shown a script writing ability before. Right. Yeah. So, but I guess he says has polished it into a story. So perhaps the script was written by Aqua, but didn't go through. And then eventually got written by a, a brilliant screenwriter. Maybe? <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe something like that. Hmm. But anyway, uh, that's besides his point. I, I like him because uh, he's kind of quirky, funny. Yeah. And then he, he becomes a father figure in a way to, for Aqua. Precisely. And I, I hope he's still in the story going forward. And I'd like to, I'd like mm. to see how he trained him up. Definitely, yeah. I also really want to see that. Is there any other character you want to talk about? You know what? I think we touched on everybody. Sweet. Then let us get on with some predictions. Uh, what do you got? So I mentioned her abusive mother. And I just a thought came to me, will the mom ever play a role in the story? Mm. The only reason I could see that happening is if the truth comes out that they are I's children. And if the mother realized that I was her daughter, then maybe she would somehow want to latch onto their fame, maybe exploit them in some aspect, get into their lives. Mm. Or maybe they, maybe they go out, maybe it's not the dark side, maybe they go out and, and seek her out for whatever reason. Um, it could be an interesting thing to somehow bring back her deadbeat mother, bring her deadbeat mother into the story um but that was just a a thought i had right yeah i like it i like it i think ruby will perform in the dome Mm. i think she will follow in her mother's footsteps and do the the show that her mother dreamed of or more more so ichigo dreamed of but you know (laughs) i was I was meant to do. Yes. Oh, that would um, be beautiful. I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if their scumbag dad mm. had another kid with maybe his actual wife around the same time, and they end up going to school together. That could be interesting. Oh, like a half-sibling. Like a half-sibling, right. That could be an interesting twist and could give reason for aqua going to the school in the first place i guess that's kind of like a spy family situation (laughs) (laughs) it really is yeah like i i'm not opposed to this idea however i i i don't know if it would take away from the whole kind of searching for the father within the entertainment industry and industry specifically uh because if if this would be the case then he he would find his father through other means and which which wouldn't be the entertainment industry, so that would kind of be neglected, maybe. Though I don't know. I mean, I I see your point, but I guess I was still thinking about them 
using the entertainment industry because I, I feel like the school is going to be heavily influenced by that industry. Mm-hmm. So for, I, 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 I was thinking like maybe that still would be implied, but I see your point and, and for sure it has to be within that, that world. Uh, so that's fair. Mm-hmm. I still think that going to school has to have some sort of benefit for him and his revenge. Maybe there is some sort of connection to the entertainment industry through that. And maybe the teachers have connection to that industry. Right. Uh, or not. Or, or maybe maybe I'm overthinking it. But I, I think there could be something there. And yeah, and on, on all of this, like, obviously, this manga, I think, does a very good job at finding ways to criticize the entertainment industry in, in, in some ways that I think are thought-provoking and, and probably worth mentioning to some extent at, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that got me thinking about that in relation to the whole mystery about who the father is, um, and maybe I'm reading way too much into this, um, but the thought occurred to me that their father might be a personification in a way of the bad sides of the entertainment in, in, industry. Hmm. Like, thematically, I think it would fit with the story, and, like, it wouldn't have to be, like, totally, like, on the nose with it, but for that character, whoever he is, to to kind of embody all of the bad things with the entertainment industry, and for Aqua to really fight against that, against his father, maybe it would be, like, thematically appropriate for this story maybe although again maybe this is just a really strange and uncalled for thought (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a fair point um i i do think that it is a deconstruction in a way of that industry Mm. so showing the dark side of it is not out out of the realm of possibility i mean it's already done that really right with yeah the fans you know being so possessive of these people that they barely know <laughs> precisely um, mm. yeah I, again the the father the 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 mystery behind that is is really fascinating and i i, I so i wondered if at first if it was rape um mm. in some aspect but it didn't it didn't feel that way exactly right um, yeah the way she talked to him on the phone it didn't yeah i, yeah, I also don't think it was that Right, and, and so it's like, what was their relationship? How did it? How did it get that way? It'd be interesting to see if they somehow explore that. Although I is dead, so you would have to get it from the really the opinion of of the father. Although maybe there's some sort of memoir out there that <laughs> I left about it, but I doubt yeah. it. Yeah. Regardless, I'm also hoping for more insight into her past in some way and and yeah getting that through the father in some sense would make sense eventually whenever whenever he comes into the picture right as a character yeah i mean specifically how did she or how did he get with her like <laughs> like mm. what what would possess because was she looking to be a mother from the very beginning or did she just accept what happened yeah, exactly. That that is also the question. What, what did she plan to get pregnant? Maybe we know that she wanted to have a family because she never had one. So maybe she did this all like maybe it was all planned from her end. Mm. But it definitely didn't. That doesn't have to be the case. But yeah, like yeah, I don't know. Is he an actor? Is he a producer? Is he like I don't know, like right. a ca- camera guy? I, I have no clue. Uh, <laughs> I think the the most a cliche person would be a producer. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, that seems that seems to be a typical, you know, dominating male, mm-hmm. evil guy <laughs> position. Yeah. Um, but you know, it could, it, like you said, it could be an actor. It could could be a, a cameraman. Although I don't know how <laughs> he must be the best cameraman in in all of Japan if he has all these connections. Like, you know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Any other predictions? I think that, and I guess I've already touched on this a little bit, but I, I do think that Aqua and Arima or Kana are going to have some sort of relationship. Mm. I do think that 
it's heavily implied in that aspect. Now, I'm not saying exactly that it's romantic, um, although there's always that possibility, but I don't really see the story as, as a, a, a romance in any way. Am I incorrect in saying that? It's not, it's not labeled as a romance, right? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't classify it as that, but that said, though, I guess there could be romantic subplots. Sure, sure, yeah. But but it's not like you know a rom com. Yeah, <laughs> right. Know? Yeah, it's not it's not Kaguya Summer Love is War. <laughs> right. So thinking about oh who's gonna be with who is maybe not the most correct thing. But I, this is also me we're talking about. I, <laughs> I, I tend to gravitate towards that. Hey, it's all good. Keep the ships coming. <laughs> Keep the ships coming. But I do think for sure that there is going to be a close bond between these two. Gotcha. Awesome. So, I'd like to ask, do you have a favorite character one volume into this series? I mean, I think it just has to be I, uh, just for her outlook on, on love and the deconstruction of the idol industry we get through her experience. Right. Aqua is, is going to be a fun character to watch uh, with his dark side. Uh, Ruby... While I really liked her whole dancing moment, like that was very special. Yeah. I did get annoyed with her at times. <laughs> but that's just that the that's just her character, you know, it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I will say the the one that I am most excited to to learn more about is Kana. Awesome. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so that, there there you go. <laughs> great, great, great. Uh, and uh, another question, how would you rate this manga so far, just the volume in, on the scale from 1 to 10? Mm, probably an 8. Sweet, me too. Honestly, I think I, because when I read this the first time, obviously I was reading it kind of week by week as the new chapters were coming out, so I, and, and we've talked about this on the podcast probably multiple times, that really, at least for the two of us, it's really, we, we really find it to be so much better to read, like, several chapters in one go through a volume rather than wait, reading a chapter a week or a chapter a month or whatever the pace is. Mm-hmm. So I, with, with that said, I really, I, I enjoyed these first 10 chapters a lot more on this reread through the volume than I did on my first time reading them. I don't know if I would have given it an 8 out of 10 uh, this far into the story back then, but I think I am now. Hmm. The story, as a, uh, well, for those... 40 chapters that I have read have been at an 8 out of 10 for, for a while. But, but yeah, uh, this first volume as a volume is definitely an 8 out of 10 as well for me. It has a great shock factor, great introduction, and it ends off at a, at a good, I guess, cliffhanger, but you know, starting point for the rest of the series. Exactly. So I, I think it, yeah, it's fair to give it an 8. And based on your, I guess, thoughts, when you first read it, it only gets better than if you go from a seven to an eight, right? Uh, yes, definitely, definitely. So yeah, that, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah, and we we won't have any more babies talking after this, so <laughs> that improves it a bit. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a reason why it's not a nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will admit. <laughs> there, I did get a chuckle from time to time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I, I did enjoy it as well. I, and I probably enjoyed it more on my on this re- reread than I did my first time through as well. Mm. Uh, maybe I just gotten used to the idea of it. Maybe that's part of it as well. Yeah. But anyway, is there anything else you'd like to say before we end this episode? I'm excited to see the Takahashi's version of Ai Hoshino. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know how I feel about. DA getting murdered on screen, but you know what? <laughs> Go get it, girl. You win that Academy Award for best. Of- I'm just kidding. Um, I think I think there's good potential for 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 a good award <laughs> in the, in this role. I I I wonder how many episodes Volume One would be. Exactly. It, do you think two or three? I think th- at least three. Yeah. I I I I'm I'm kind of hoping that'll make the first chapter into the first episode. 
because it's slightly longer than the others, and I think it would be a great first episode of, of the anime if they did just the first chapter. Yeah. And then the rest of the volume could be either two or three other episodes. So I, I'd say in total, in total, this volume, I think, will be either three or four. You know what? I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Three or four. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Very excited for that anime to come around. Do you think we'll be able to watch it at all? Um, <laughs> we can start watching it, and then we'll see how far we can watch it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, wa- I wonder when Volume 2 is coming out. May? Oh, May? Uh, I, b- I believe Volume 2 is coming out like a month or so after the anime premieres. So potentially. 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 It'd be, it, it's going to be It's gonna be like neck and neck, you know? <laughs> it might be for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. But with that all said, if you enjoy our content, you can follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga, and it would be lovely if you'd like to support us by rating our show on the podcast platforms and subscribing to our channel, Umami Manga, on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time when we'll talk about Volume 2. Bye bye! Bye bye! dark side of the Kaon fandom, I guess. It's very dark. Yeah, it's like, it surpasses the Attack on Titan fandom. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.